morning. Welcome to New Life Horizon Church, where we worship and praise our God with all our hearts, our mind, our soul, our spirit, and our strength. Welcome to those who are listening online. As we shelter in place, we welcome you. We want you to know that we love you and we appreciate you listening as you shelter in place at this time. For those who are in your living rooms, for those who are in your bed, get up and praise the Lord with us. But I just want to welcome our soon coming King, our Lord, our Savior. Lord, there is none like you. And so we welcome you, Father. Abba, you are our King. You are our Lord. All my life, God, you have been faithful. All my life, you indeed have been good. All our lives. You have been faithful. You have been kind. You have been generous. You have been merciful. And so, Lord, we can pour ourselves out to you, recognizing you have chosen us. As your children, before creation of time, we were predestined to be yours. And so, Lord, we come being grateful for who you are. Being grateful, Lord God, that you have kept us. Being grateful that you walk beside us. Lord, being grateful that you carry us when we cannot walk on our own. Being grateful that you are the shepherd when we go off, Lord God. You take that staff and you pull us back. Lord Jesus, the rod, Father God of correction. Father God, you comfort us in our time of need. You are the good shepherd who lifts us up and hugs us when we need a hug. Mighty God, we are grateful to you, God. When we need healing, you provide it. When we need grass as sheep to go out, Father God, you provide us with a pasture. We 
are grateful. Our heart is full and overflowing with gratefulness because you are the true and living God. You are the good shepherd. You are the one who is there when we, it is dark and there's no one alone around us. And we feel so alone and far away from everything. But we are never alone. Because you are the omnipresent God who is there with us. So never alone we are, Lord God. You are always with us. And we are grateful. Father God, if we are concerned or we are confused, we can run to you and ask you, Lord. Because you are the ever-knowing God. Father, you are everything to us. You are everything. You are our shelter. You are our shield. You are mighty to save. And as the righteous, we run into you this morning and say, God, you have been faithful and you have been good. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the most high God. Blessed be the most high king. We adore you, Lord, and we love you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you. this morning, Lord, for the confidence that we have in you. Thank you, Father, that when we sing and when we talk about you and we talk to you, Lord, we are declaring who you are and how great you are. You are a good, good Father. You are our comfort and you always hold us close. And so, Father, this morning we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you, Father God, that your grace and your mercies are new every morning. We thank you, Father God, that despite what will happen today or what have happened yesterday, you are still God. 
your goodness or your godness is not determined based on our situation. You are God in a good day and you are God in a bad day. And so this morning, Lord, we want to acknowledge your presence in our midst. Because where you are, Lord, there are fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So, Father, I acknowledge you this morning. I acknowledge your presence this morning, God. And I thank you, Father, for being with us. I thank you, Father, God, that every word that I speak this morning will be your words. I thank you, Father, God, that you will minister to our hearts this morning and we would have known that you have spoken. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your care and your protection and your provision. Thank you for watching over us each day. And so, Father, I give you thanks. I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome, everyone, this morning. Welcome, my brothers and sisters who are listening to us this morning online. It is a privilege this morning for me to stand and to share with you this morning what the Lord has laid upon my heart to share with his people. The topic of my message this morning is the Lord, my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, Yahweh, is my shepherd. The good Jesus, the good shepherd who lays down his life for our sheep is our shepherd. I am not sure if this morning you can make that declaration this morning. I'm not even sure if you're in the place where you want to make that declaration this morning. But despite your circumstances, I want to tell you this morning that God is the shepherd who leads, he guides, he protects, he comforts. And so whatever needs you have this morning, turn to him. He's willing, he's available, he has the ability to meet you at the place where you are hopeless, where you lack peace where the situations you're faced with are out of control. He can meet you. And his presence alone will dispel, will remove the fear that you will ever experience. The scripture, the text this morning that I'll be reading from is Psalm 23. And I'll be paying special attention to verses 3 to 4. David says, in Psalm 23, David wrote Psalm 23 from the vantage point of a sheep looking, and a, and looking to his shepherd. And he says to his audience, let me tell you about my shepherd. He says, let me tell you about the shepherd, the one who brought me hope in the time when I was hopeless. Let me tell you about the care and the protection of my shepherd. And as David shared with us, he's encouraging us to come and to know this shepherd the way he does. We must follow God and obey his command to know him as this shepherd that David wrote about. And in verse 1, read as follows. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. 
I lack nothing. I lack no good thing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet, still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, what confidence David speaks of. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. According to the Gallup poll, even before COVID-19, Americans are more likely to be stressed and worried than the rest of the world. And this is more evident in the young Americans between the ages of 15 and 49. They are angry. They are stressed. They are worried that they do not have enough. And they leave universities or they reach to a certain age and they're still living with their parents. They are stressed about the types of job that they are getting, having worked so hard in school. They are stressed about the nature of the job that they are getting, having spent so much money for tuition and they come out of colleges with, with these debts. And they also have family obligations because they, they still have to be assisting with siblings or assisting their parents. And some of them are married and they're saying, even with two incomes coming in, we are unable to survive. We cannot thrive. We are surviving, but we are not thriving. And even since COVID-19, anxiety, fear, and stress, and worry have doubled. Some persons who were in a financial stable position are now anxious. They are now worried because of COVID. They are fearful of not being able to travel or to move about with the freedom that they once had. They are fearful of contracting the virus and now death. Even at that age is a reality. You are faced with the death because COVID-19 has no respect of age, status, financial ability, the color of our skin, or political persuasion. COVID is saying COVID comes and COVID has no respect of anyone. And so the Americans and people around the world are more fearful they are fearful of being alone because even in this time of isolation, persons with COVID, we have to be alone. And persons who look forward to Monday to Friday, who look forward to going out and interacting with the public, are now told to stay at home and be alone. And so persons who, who would have naturally been stable, as I said, financially, are now worried of losing their jobs and their because of without a job, persons are saying, how do I pay my bills? 
They are fearful of not having enough to eat and not having the necessities needed. The thing that they would, they, they, they would have had naturally, the thing that they would buy naturally, they no longer have. It is important that in these dark times and in these hard, hard seasons that you and I know the Lord that David spoke about, the great shepherd, Yahweh himself, who restores, leads, and guides his sheep. But the sheep of Yahweh are those who, who invites him in or responds to his invitation to come and to be their shepherd. The sheep of Yahweh are those who, who totally depend on him for their sustenance, for their care, for their protection. The sheep of Yahweh are those who trust him for their peace. And over the last two weeks, we have been looking at Psalms 23, and we have been looking and observing through David's eyes as he says, I know my shepherd. David recounts his experience and he says in verse 3, Jehovah Rophi, the Lord our healer, he is available. He is our Jehovah who guides us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And Jehovah Rophi restores our soul. David learned the care of the Lord, his shepherd, and he learned to totally depend on him to restore and to refresh his soul through the tumultuous times or the tumultuous times in his life. After being anointed by Samuel, David waited 15 years to reign as king over Judah and another seven years to be anointed king over all of Israel. What a time of waiting. Can you imagine waiting all that time? Can you imagine being told that you are going to be king? Fifteen years later, you have not, you have not assumed the position. Over twenty years later, David became king. And during those years of waiting, David was forced to flee from the present king who tried desperately to kill him. Saul wanted to kill David so badly because he was jealous. He was envious of David, um, David being able to kill 10,000. The song sings, Saul king killed 1,000, but David killed 10,000. And so Saul was envious of David and he desperately tried to kill him. And despite being urged by his friends and countrymen to kill Saul, David tried desperately not to harm Saul. Can you imagine yourself in David's position? You are running for your life from someone who wants to kill you. And now you have this opportunity to kill the person. He's now in your hands. And David, I can imagine the thought life. I can imagine what he's thinking. Should I? Should I not? Should I give in to my friends? Should I really get rid of this man where my life would no longer be threatened? 
But David, as we recognize, and as, as you read the story in 1 Samuel, David did not give in to the temptation. But he, he, he chose to obey his king. He chose to obey his shepherd. He chose to obey the great shepherd who have led him all his life. And David chose to allow Saul to live. He then fights. So after, after Saul died, David now is king over Judah. But he now has to fight Saul's son, Ishbosheth, Ish for another seven years. He has to fight him before he could take over the, the reign of, as king of Israel. David, again, went through the, in the midst of all of this, he is, this, he is distressed in mind because his son Ammon raped his daughter. And then he's now faced with another situation where Absalom, the sister or the brother of Tamar, says, I am going to revenge, my sis revenge Ammon for what he did for my, to my sister. And so imagine, David, the distress you have where your son raped your daughter. And your other son killed your son. What turmoil in his mind. He grieved this sinful action when confronted by Nathan the prophet. Regarding his adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. Which resulted in the death of the son that came through that relationship. Or through that adulterous um, relationship. David was distressed in mind. In Psalm 22, verse 1, David, we, are, we see David evolving as he learns to totally depend on the Lord. And he, in restless agony, he cries out to the Lord whom he feels is unresponsive and has forsaken him. And he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning. But in the end of Psalm 22, and, and in Psalm 23, the next Psalm, there is a noticeable difference in David's attitude and in his perspective. Although he had endured great trials, as I'd mentioned some before, David now comes into Psalm 23 as a confident man, not because of his ability, not because of how good of a fighter he was. Not because he understood from his own strength what to do. But David came because he was confident in the Lord, the ever attentive shepherd in whom he has found rest. And so as I prepared this week, I thought of a song David would sing. And David would sing a song like, thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you have done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. As a shepherd, David knows when a sheep is restless. A sheep who is restless is entangled and is free from enjoying and appreciating the provisions of the shepherd. Because when you lack peace, no amount of food that you have does not satisfy. 
When you are hopeless, no amount of money that you have does not satisfy. And so David knows that a sheep who, has locked, who lacks peace and hope is a restless sheep. But she, David also knows that when the predators are lurking, he knows that for his sheep to be quiet and to experience that rest, for his sheep to be refreshed, refreshed and to be restored, David knows that he needs to either sing them a song or he needs to play his flute to calm the souls of the restless sheep. And we saw that even when David was required to play the harp for Saul, that once David was playing, Saul found peace. He had rest. With all of what he had, it was until David came and played the harp. David, not in his own strength, but David coming with the presence of the Lord, plays the harp. Saul found peace and rest. And believers throughout the ages, we, we, you, you realize that believers throughout the ages of time will speak about that small, still voice of God that even in the darkest of night and even in the adversities of life, that comfort and calm comes to the people of God who totally depend on him. David knew that still, small voice. He has been refreshed before and he has been calmed by the Lord before with that still, small voice. And so when he writes Psalm 23, he writes it as a, as a sheep who has been freed from the weight of distress. He has been freed from the guilt and the sin in his life. David has been rescued from depression. David, in the midst of running away by himself and running away before the, the men came and joined him, before he had an army of his own, David knew what it is to be lonely. He knew what it is to be anxious and fear and to fear death. He knew what it is to be hungry and the fear of hunger David would have known. And David now stands and he says, I know what it is to need to be restored in my mind. I know what it is to, be, to need to be restored in my emotions and in my conscience. But now... I also know that with the still small voice of the shepherd, with the presence of the great shepherd, David is now free to engage the Lord who is the epitome of righteousness. Not only does the good shepherd rescues and restores his sheep, but he guides his sheep and he leads the sheep out of despair and along the path he has prepared for them. The Lord, the great shepherd, leads according to his good and perfect will. He leads not because the sheep are deserving of being led, not because the sheep are good, but because he is good. When the sheep is weak, he is strong. He leads the sheep for his name's sake, for his glory, for his honor, 
and for the credit of his name. I remembered years ago when I was in construction, we had this, we got this historic building to restore to its original condition. The, the building had felt into major disrepair. It was a wooden building. And we worked meticulously and tiresomely, or tirelessly rather, for six months to return this building to its original state or condition, to its former glory. And I remembered even the materials we were working with, they were handpicked, they were selected. We didn't just ask them to send us a bundle of lumber. We picked out, I had to go to the hardware and individually select up every piece of lumber that was going to be used on that building. It couldn't be a piece of lumber that was warped. It couldn't be a piece of lumber that was full of nuts. Because they wanted to restore this building and they wanted this building to show what it looked like then. It was a historical, it was going to be a monument. And I realized that this job brought me so much satisfaction. I, I, was, I was motivated to work on this job. Not bec only because I wanted to please the client. I wanted to please all of my clients. Not because of the money I was going to get. But it was for the name that the company would have had or made. The credit that would have been given to the company. Because of the honor of restoring this building. I knew that this building having been restored years upon years, people would pass it. And though the name, the name of our company would not be on it, if you go back in history and you research, it would have been stated that this building was restored by that company. And so I realized I worked with, with, with the mindset of the glory and the honor that the, the company would have received. And so it's the same thing for Jesus. It's the same thing for this good shepherd. Like David, Jesus invites us to come to know him, the great king and shepherd who leads and protects his sheep by the power of his name, for his name's sake. His still small voice still comforts those who totally depend on him in the darkest of times. And he does this not because you and I are deserving, but because of his reputation. His reputation is on the line. He defends and he protects his name at all costs. He leads in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Jesus gives his eternal life, his sheep eternal life, and he never will allow anything to happen to you and I that will dishonor his name. His name tells us this morning when I said, he's Jehovah Tiskinu, he's our righteousness. When I say, he's Jehovah Rophe, Rophe, or Rophe, whatever the pronunciation is, it says he's our healer. We can trust in him because of his name. In John 17, 11, Jesus prays to his father and he says, protect them, protect my sheep, those who totally depend on me by the power 
of my name, the name you have given me. So if you and I can confidently say today, the Lord is my shepherd, then like David, we can take hold of the promises he has made to restore those who trust him. He is faithful even when you and I are faithless and unfaithful. And this morning he's saying to you and I, commit our ways to him and trust him. Commit our ways to him and trust him in moments of anxiety. He has the ability, the capacity, and the willingness to restore our souls and give you and I the peace and the joy of our salvation so that we may worship him. Everything that I said to you before that God does, the good shepherd Jesus does for you and I are for the credit and honor of his name. So why would he dishonor his name and not provide for his sheep? Why would he dishonor his name and provide for you or to protect you or to care for you? You, you and I who call him our shepherd. Why would he not provide? Why would we look at a mother who we consider a good mother or a good father? And would they not provide? The scripture says, how much more our heavenly father will give to those who ask of him. The good shepherd provides and cares for his sheep who trust. Not partially depend, but totally depend on him for their sustenance, for their peace, for their hope. And why would he not answer you when you call? David's experience with the great shepherd gives us more ammunition for the moments in our lives when we feel out of control. And David is saying to us, when we are anxious, when we lack peace, when we lack hope, when we are in the darkest times of our lives, he says, you are my shepherd. You, my shepherd, you are with us. David examined the situation and he realized that the truth is, my situation is dark. David was edged in and he was surrounded by death and evil. And there was nothing he could do in his natural strength to change the situation. Although David was a good fighter, he could not fight the entire army of Saul. Though David was a singer, his songs that he sang could not comfort his spirit. Though he could play the harp, he could not comfort himself. David recognized that it was not dependent upon his skills and talents and abilities. He did what he did in verse 1 to show us that he interjected and he changed his, his, his situation by affirming what he believed and he cried out. He said he didn't allow his 
circumstances to have the final word. He moved from the place of being impersonal. Because from verse 2 to verse 3, David kept saying, He is my shepherd. He is, he is, he restores, he does. And, he, and David keeps saying he and he and he, and he keeps speaking to his audience and he keeps saying to them, he does, my shepherd does. He guides me, he makes me, he leads me for his name's sake. But in the midst of the dark times, in the times when David felt like it was overwhelming it is now at the place of drowning the darkest times the hardest reality the, hard of, the hardest of the hardest times David moved from that place of being impersonal that place of saying he where you speaks about him David moves, moves to verse 4 where he now says I am going to speak to the good shepherd and he moves to that place of intimacy and he says you are with me David moved from a place of praise to a place of worship because praise is when we talk about the good shepherd but worship is when you come and you declare and you speak to the good shepherd David says, I am no longer, I am at this place where I will no longer talk about him. I am going to change my posture. I am going to change my attitude. I am going to change my perspective. I am going to speak to him and I am going to affirm my faith in him. You, my shepherd, are with me. David cries out, I will fear no evil. That is a change of posture in the darkest moments of his life and David's confidence was not based as I said earlier on his abilities he says I will fear no evil because my shepherd is with me David's situation had not changed David's situation at the time he was affirming in his faith in God had not changed. He was still in the dark valley. And if you, if you looked around, the reality is the evidence was there. All the evidences were there. They were pre present in his life. But David chose to be confident in the one who has the ability. And to take his eyes away from his situation. God promised to keep in perfect peace. Not the eyes of the people who look on their situation. But the eyes of those who are fixed. Who are stayed on him. David was resolute in his belief. And he was resolute in his de declaration because he was under the care of the Lord. Yahweh, his shepherd. Can you this morning, in the midst of what you're undergoing, in the midst of your situation, despite the evidences that you're seeing in your life, can you resolve this morning to say, I will fear no evil, for you, Lord, are with me. Even in a fearful place, the presence of the shepherd banishes the fear 
of the of evil. Even in a fearful place, even when you feel afraid, the presence of the good shepherd, the presence of the great shepherd dispels and banishes the fear of evil. David then starts to tell him why. He says, your rod and your staff, God, your rod and your staff, Yahweh, your rod and your staff, great shepherd, they comfort me. The rod and the staff are instruments used by the shepherd. The rod is used as a weapon of defense to protect the sheep from the predators. The things in life, the, the lions, the coyotes, the wolves that comes to devour the sheep. And in your situation, in my, in my situation, our wolves may be our bills, our wolves are our sheep, or our, sorry, or our, 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 our bears, or our lions, or our foxes. Maybe the things in life that comes to rob us of our peace and of our hope in God. And David knows that the rod the shepherd will use to ward off the predators that come. But he also knows that his shepherd uses his staff as an instrument of correction. And David finds such comfort in knowing that his shepherd not only wards his predators off, but he keeps him, he guides him, and he leads him in disciplining him into the path of righteousness. David recognized the Lord, his God, was all-powerful. He recognized that the Lord, his shepherd, had all authority and power to care for his flock. David knew that the presence of his shepherd dispels fears, keeps predators away, gives hope, corrects us when we need to be disciplined, and causes the sheep to rest in green pastures. David was able to brag about his God. David, when we look back and when we are reading David's stories years later, we recognize the confidence David had in this shepherd. I heard of a story where three boys were in a schoolyard bragging about their fathers. And the first boy to speak says, my dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper. He calls it a poem and they give him a hundred dollar. And he was so pleased in his ability of his father. Because he says, you know what, my father is so powerful. My father is, is, is bigger than every other father. The second boy says, no, I, I want to tell you about my father. My father, when he scribbles a few words on a piece of paper, he calls it a song and they give him a thousand dollars. My father is better than your father. The third boy says, no, let me tell you about my father. My father, when he scribbles a 
few words on a piece of paper. He calls it a sermon and it takes eight persons to collect all the money that they want to give him. That's my father. And so this morning, I'm not sure where you are. What can you say about your good father? What can you say about your good shepherd? Can you, like David says, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Can you, like David says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because my shepherd, the good shepherd, Yahweh, the good shepherd, Jesus has the ability, he has the power, he has the authority to guide me, to protect me, to provide for me, to give me peace and hope, even in my fearful situations. The truth is, some of us have reasons to be afraid. And that's the truth. We are edged in and surrounded by hopelessness each day. We have hardships and darkness around us. We have empty bank accounts. We, have, we are battling sicknesses. We have unhealthy relationships and marriages. We have wayward children. We have stressful jobs. We are lonely. And even with COVID-19 making it worse, compounding the issue, there's a possibility of death that lurks over some persons and over their family members. But this morning, David is encouraging us. David says, when I affirmed my faith in my good shepherd, it's not because my situation changed. It's because I chose my, changed my perspective and chose to look to the one who has the ability to fix all my fears. The one whose presence moved mountains and caused me to understand that I am cared for and I am loved. Maybe this morning, like David, you, you are on you, you're accustomed to speaking about God. Maybe this morning you don't know the shepherd that David is speaking about. Maybe this morning you are hopeless because you said, you know what? I have cried out to him like David in Psalm 22. And I feel as if he's unresponsive. He has forsaken me. I don't know where you are this morning. But the good shepherd knows where you are this morning. And he, he, he's inviting you to trust him. He's inviting you to depend on him again if you, if you once did. Like David, your situation will change. That from chapter 22 of Psalm 22 to chapter 23, there's a change in the attitude of David. Because David recognized that the only way I can see hope. The only way I can experience peace is when I take my eyes off me. When I take my eyes off my situation and I put them on the shepherd. Like David and those boys, if you and I truly say the Lord is my shepherd, then there is nothing for you and I to fear. Even in the dark, and hard times. If you and I can truly say like David, the Lord is my shepherd, 
we must be resolute in our conviction and pronouncement. Even when I'm lonely, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Even when I'm fearful and I'm anxious and I have no money and the realities are staring me in my face, I will fear no evil, for you, my God, you, my great shepherd, you, Jesus, are with me. And this morning, I ask you to stop and to think about what I'm sharing with you. If you can truly say, the Lord is my shepherd, you will understand what David wrote about. It is such great comfort to know that I can talk to the Lord who cares for me. It is such great comfort to know that I have, I have entrance. I, I, have, I, I can go to the Lord who protects me from the predators in my life. And that he corrects me even in my way of thinking. This morning I want us to look at Maslow hierarchy needs. And Maslow lists five, he had a theory, it's a, it's a motivational theory in psychology, which had a five-tier model of, human, of the human needs. And he, and, he, and he depicts it in a hierarchical level within a pyramid, and he says the lower needs are what needs to be satisfied first in an individual. Everyone needs food, water, rest, and warmth. And then he said as those needs are met, persons naturally gravitate to having the other need met, which is that need of, for safety and security and for family. And then the third need, he says, and all of those needs, he calls those the basic needs of the human. Then he moves into the psychological needs and he says the next need that a person wants to achieve or to meet is that need of belonging and being loved. It's that intimate relationship and having friends. And having met that, he, he, Maslow says the, human, the hum, humans in on a whole go after that need of being esteemed, having prestige and, being, and, feeling, and feeling of accomplishment. And then the final stage, Maslow says, is that self-fulfilling need where that person reaches self-actualization. Achieving, going after achieving one's full potential, including being creative in their activities. And when we look at Psalms 23, we realize that David is saying, Maslow, what you are writing or have written, my shepherd have, has already done my shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures he, he leaves me beside quiet waters he provides my food and my water and my rest he restores my soul he, he gives me that friendship and that feeling of accomplishment David is saying Maslow God the good shepherd meets every need that I have. And he's saying for us human beings, he's, Maslow is saying, this is what humans need. David is saying, all your needs can be met in the good shepherd. He knows 
what you are in need of this morning. He knows where on that hierarchical tier that you are and where, what your need is. And he says, I am inviting you to come. 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 Because it's in your coming that you know him. It is in your coming that you meet him. It is in your coming that you experience his presence. And for those who have already come, he's saying, trust me more. Depend on me more. Because it is in your totally depending on me that you will recognize that even in the dark times, you can stand in confidence and say, I will not be afraid. The truth is this morning, hardships and darkness are situations in a human life that we will always experience. And we all will be needing at different times in our lives to be restored and to be refreshed. But this morning, as David spoke about his good shepherd, I want to share with you the great shepherd, the good shepherd who lays down his life in advance for his sheep. And he invites them to come and to rest and to find peace in him. Will you accept his invitation this morning? Jesus knows his sheep by name. And he calls them by name. And he's calling you this morning because he desires to lead you for his name's sake. He promises the ultimate protection that comes from his presence. He always knows what is best for you. Those of us who make him our shepherd. Those of us who chose or chooses to be the sheep of the great shepherd. He may never promise you abundance. He may never promise you that everything you will have a surplus of. But he promises that, that all your necess necessary needs you will meet. Will you continue to trust him? For those of us who are his sheep, will you continue to depend on him? Will you continue to trust the great shepherd, the good, good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep? And if you don't know him this morning, will you accept his invitation to come and know him for his mercies and his goodness, they are new every morning. A song comes to my mind and it says, Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench the thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. The truth is, some of our cups are empty this morning. It's filled with hopelessness, lack of peace. It is filled with fear, it is filled with anxiety, it is filled with worry. 
And the songwriter is saying that when we accept the invitation of God, when we come and when we totally depend on him, what we are saying in essence, fill my cup, Lord. Come and quench. I lift it up, Lord. This thirsting. Come and quench in my the thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven. Feed me till I want no more. Till Fill I my no cup. More. Fill it up and make Fill me whole. Fill it up. This morning, and you listen, I'm inviting you to come. I'm inviting you to hear the great shepherd who knows you by name call you. And he's saying, My daughter. My son, come. Come and let me quench the thirsting of your soul. Come and let me show you how much I care for you. Come and let me show you how I have the authority, the power, the know-how, how to comfort you. Come. I am the giver of peace. Come. I am hope itself, and in me you can find rest. Come this morning. Yes, come and quench. Come and quench this thirsting. Yes, God. In my soul, from heaven. Feed me. Feed me till, till I, want I want no more. No more. Yes, Lord. Fill my cup. Fill it up, Lord. Fill it up. And make me whole. And make my cup more. Father, we thank you this morning that we can come to you with confidence. Not in our ability to come, but in your ability to receive us and to dispel all fear. This morning, Lord, I want to affirm my faith in you. I resolve this morning, God, to not fear, not to be afraid, because you are with me. I, this morning, God, affirm my faith in saying, the Lord, you are my shepherd. I, this morning, God, affirm my faith by saying, Lord, you are my shepherd. You lead me in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Thank you, Father, for your word this morning. Thank you, Father, for your word that comes this morning and brings comfort, Lord, and challenges us to trust in you. Thank you, Father, that wherever we are, you're saying, depend on you more. Thank you, Father, that you're saying, if you have never known me, today is the day to know me. Today is the day. Do not harden your voice. 
And for those who know you, you are saying today is the day to trust you more. I will trust in you. I will put my hope in you. You are the good father. And so, Father, I thank you this morning for your love. I thank you this morning for your promises. I thank you, Lord God, that everything you do for me and for every believer this morning is for your name's sake, for your credit, for your honor, for your glory. And Lord, this morning, I am so happy to know that you will never dishonor your name. Father, thank you that I can boast this morning in my God who has all power, the all-sufficient one. I can boast in my God, the omnipresent one who is everywhere. I can boast in my God, the one who is omniscient, the one who knows everything about me and will lead me in the path of righteousness. I can boast in the all-powerful God that I know, the omnipotent one. I can boast. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I can boast in you, God. And so, Father, this morning I give you thanks. And I praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. He goes before me. He goes before me. Defender behind me. Defender behind me. I won't fear. I won't fear. I'm filled with anointing. I'm filled with anointing. Thank you, Jesus. My cup's overflowing. My cup's overflowing. No weapon can harm me. No weapon can harm me. Jesus. I won't fit. And if this word has touched your heart, if this is the word that you needed this morning, if this is the encouragement that you needed, I invite you to come. Come to the Lord. Confess. God, I have sinned. God, I have walked away. God, I don't know what this is, but I want this peace. I've never experienced it. I've never experienced this rest. Come. Come to the God of peace. Come to the God of comfort. Come and he will give you rest. I'd like to 
pray with you, and I'd like to encourage you before I pray to give us a call, 469-333-0397. Give us a call. Share your experience with us. If you'd like us to pray, we're here and we'd like to pray with you. You can send us an email at newhorizonmen at gmail.com and let us know of your experience. Okay, let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for all that have heard, all that will hear, Father, in the days and the weeks to come, in time to come. God, we give you thanks for every soul, every life. Father, for those that are out there, God, who are searching, who are seeking, who are confused, who are lost, who are, Father, who are disturbed, who found no peace, who can find no peace, God. I pray, mighty God, that your word will be that balm in Gilead that they need, Father. That your word will be the encouragement that they need, Father. Because we know, God, that you're an untime God. That you come at the right time, Father. That you're always in season, Father. Your word is always appropriate, God. So we give you thanks. Father, we pray for your strength, Father these that have come to you today we pray mighty god that they will grow in the word father they will grow they will grow they will grow that they'll be nourished mighty god and father where we need to step in father where we need to reach out where we need to be of assistance god show us help us god to help each other i pray father continue to bless continue to strengthen father continue mighty god to turn hearts towards you, Father, with the word. Thank you, God. time. Huh?